So my friends, uh, the second Sunday of Lent, we read the passage about the transfiguration, which happens at a very specific time in the gospel narrative. It's one week after Jesus begins to predict his passion. And so he, he has to tell the apostles that he's going to suffer and he's going to die. And this path that maybe they thought they were on with a glorious conquering Messiah is not actually what the path is. Rather, it's one where their Messiah and their friend, Jesus, is going to be shamefully um, mocked, scourged, crucified, and die. And that, for them, is a scandal. That's something that they reject. In fact, Peter, even after Jesus says this, Peter rebukes Jesus, right? He gives Jesus a talking to, and Jesus has to say, get behind me, Satan. He calls Peter Satan, right? Uh, and, and so there's this tension, maybe, uh, among the apostles. And the transfiguration happening one week later is meant to, as uh, St. Leo the Great writes in a letter, it's meant to remove the scandal of the cross. It's meant to, to kind of clear the air, the air and give the apostles a little bit of encouragement, particularly Peter, James, and John, that they need to be encouraged. The plan is not what they thought it would be. It's rather going to be a lot more difficult. It's going to require a real sacrifice. Again, it's after the first time Jesus told his apostles that they would have to take up their own cross and follow him. And so they need some encouragement. And that's what the transfiguration is. It's meant to encourage them. I think we in Lent, and maybe already by this second Sunday of Lent, we're only 10 days into Lent, quarter of the way, but still only 10 days. Um, maybe we need some encouragement. Maybe Lent has been tough this year. Maybe there's been a few curveballs that have been thrown at us that we didn't expect. And maybe we're having a tough Lent. And we need a little bit of encouragement. In fact, that's why Sundays in Lent are not days of Lent, right? When we consider the fast of Lent, and I was trying to do some math yesterday morning to be sure that this was all right. Because if you just go February 22nd to April 9th, that's not 40 days. Um, that is more than 40 days. So what do you do? How do you get the number? Namely, it's you discount the Sundays. So it's meant to be six weeks of six, which is Monday through Saturday, all the way through Holy Saturday. And then you got tack on four. So that's why we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday after Ash Wednesday, you know, Ash Wednesday and beyond to get up to 40 days. But that means Sunday is not a day of Lent. Sunday is meant to be a day where we can get a little bit of encouragement, where we can take a little bit of a breather. Save something back for Easter, right? Don't go crazy. But take a little bit of a breather. And hopefully, we are going strong on our Lenten penances. Hopefully, we really are fasting and we're really giving everything we've got Monday through Saturday and then we need this little bit of a break on Sunday. We need this little day to be encouraged, to remember that, you know, Jesus already rose from the dead and that we already share his victory. And so we don't want to be too tough on ourselves. So that's the transfiguration. It's a little bit of encouragement. And then theologically, as we look at this um, reading, there's some very beautiful things to encourage us in this reading. First of all, Jesus himself is transfigured, that he shows these apostles, Peter, James, and John, his glory, right? This is the goal. This is what we're aiming for, Jesus in glory. And it's good to have the goal in mind, right? To really begin with the goal in mind. What's the goal? Where do we want to get? We want to arrive in heaven with Jesus. 
We want the glory of the transfiguration, right? This is the glory that Jesus always had with the Father. And so it's almost as if he, he takes off the mask a little bit and lets that glory shine out. And so we, um, it's a good goal. And we should ask ourselves, and the transfiguration can encourage us to ask, what, is, what does holiness look like for each one of us? Right? What is like, what it really look like for me to be a saint? Because we could just say, theoretically, in the abstract, I want to be a saint. Right? We could just say, like, oh yeah, I want to be, but what, is that, what does that look like in the concrete? Until we really make it concrete, until we really have a picture of what holiness looks like, we can't really strive for it. And so we need that. And the transfiguration is an encouragement. Like, what does it really look like to be in glory with God? What does it look like where God is all in all in my heart? And so we want to have that firm picture of holiness. We want to have that real ideal of what are we striving for and to really understand it and picture it and move toward that. The saints for us can be beautiful images of that. When we consider, like, if, if a saint was here, like, if St. Jean Vianney was the parish priest of our four parishes, what would that... He was a radical guy, right? I think there would have been more letters to the bishop about him even than there are about me. But there are... Um, you know, he was, he was a red... But what a holy man he was. And what would it look like if St. Jean Vianney was here? And then how could I, as a parish priest, try to live that a little bit better? Or blessed Michael McGivney, right? A blessing from our own diocese. What would that look like if he was here instead of me? And then how could I try to live that a little bit better? And for each one of us... What would it look like if there was one of the saints just in the middle of our life? Uh, and if they, what if like Mother Teresa lived in my home, right? What would that look like? How would the home life be, be different? And then how could I see that I have all the same graces that Mother Teresa had, right? It's the same God. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same baptism. It's the same Eucharist. I have access to all those same graces. And so why can't it? Why can't my home life be a little bit more like Mother Teresa lived there? or St. Therese of Lisieux, or any of that, or Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? Why can't, um, why can't our home life look like that? Why can't our workplace look like that? We need that picture of what is holiness really look, and the saints help us make that into the concrete. But we have to be careful, right? And part of this, we have to be careful, because what does Peter say for the transfiguration? Now, Peter's afraid of the cross. We know that. If you want to know something... Peter's afraid of the cross, right? He gave Jesus the talking to. We're not going to do this. You're not going to Jerusalem. You're not going to be killed. We're not going to let this happen. Now we're here on the mountain and you're in glory. And what does Peter say? Who's still afraid of the cross? Hey, let's just stay here, right? Forget about all that other stuff. Jesus, let's just stay here. Like this, this is good, right? This is, this is where we want. This is really nice. We're just going to stay here. Let's build three tabernacles, right? And then we're going to put you, Jesus, in that tabernacle, and you're going to stay there. And we're going to stay here with you. That'll be okay. And we don't have to go to scary Jerusalem. And we don't have to confront those things that we're afraid of. Because Jesus, we're just going to lock you away on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. And that's not good. And we can want to maybe do that sometimes in our life that we want to lock Jesus away. in a Look, our Lord is actually present, presiding here in the tabernacle. Like, he's actually here with us. But that doesn't mean that we don't invite him into the rest of our day. It's not like, oh, 
yeah, Jesus lives at church, and so as soon as I go out those doors, I'm free of him, right? And I don't have to have Jesus in my life. Absolutely not. We need to invite our Lord every day. And if we think that church is about Jesus and everything else is about me, well, that's not a good idea. That's not a good attitude. We don't lock our Lord away in the church. Rather, we receive our Lord. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we bring him to the whole world. We bring him to people. We bring him to our family and friends, to our workplace, to our social settings. We don't keep Jesus walled off. And ultimately, Peter needs to learn. Peter, who's afraid of the cross, he, he then he hears the voice of the Father, and they're terrified, right? And they fall to the ground. You thought you were afraid of the cross. Listen to the voice of God, right? You're, he's terrified, and they fall to the ground. And then when they're confronted with the majesty of God, with the, with the greatness of God, and again, maybe that's some of us, when we're really confronted with the big picture of holiness and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that we get afraid. I look at these things and I get afraid. If I was really to be a saint, if I was really to put away sin, I'm afraid of that. I don't know if I really can do that. I don't know if I can really live that way. And they're afraid. And then Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise, get up, don't be afraid. And they look up and who do they see? Only Jesus. They see their friend, Jesus. Right? Jesus is their friend. They see their friend. And that's the purpose of the incarnation now. That it's not a big scary thing. Our friend Jesus is going to teach us how to do this. One step at a time. When we have to do something that's a little scary, they're worried about, it's going to be difficult. How good is it to have a good friend just right there with us? Maybe a friend who's done it before. Uh, I had to go, not too, too long ago, uh, to the hospital with someone and I've got a badge because I cover and I generally have a sense of the, the New Britain ER. And it was just like, okay, like I'm, I'm glad I can accompany this person, right, in friendship, uh, to be there with them. It's a scary place that they've never been, and now I'm glad that I could be there as a friend to that person. How good is it when we have to go somewhere that we're unfamiliar with, or maybe we're a little bit afraid of, to have a friend? Well, that's what Jesus is for us in holiness. Jesus is our friend, Jesus. They look up and they see their friend. Jesus is going to walk with them every step of the way through this. And through our journey to holiness, our friend Jesus is going to walk with us every step of the way. As we deepen our friendship with him, we're going to continue to walk this path of holiness. So my friends, that's the encouragement we should receive from the transfiguration. We should, if we've been pushing ourselves really hard, recognize that Sunday can be a day to take a little bit of a rest. Uh, but what's the goal of our holiness? How do we not just wall it off and put it over there and forget about it? And how is ultimately our friend Jesus, the one who leads us through what even may be a little intimidating, so we can walk confidently along these paths of growth and holiness and live that union with God forever?